this is Tony Lloyd. Being a broadcaster for many years, I've witnessed some great stories in the music industry. And now I want to bring as many music stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. My goal is that they will inspire others making their way in the music world. Music Stories with Tony Lloyd. Eben Brown, welcome to Music Stories. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, you're, you're very welcome. I'm very pleased and delighted to to interview you because uh, you are the former lead singer of the Stylistics, amongst others. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, the right. Stylistics, my, my, one of my favourite bands ever. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, you must have been desperate, Tony. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. And I was just checking because I've seen, I, uh, I saw the Stylistics, I saw you live uh, uh, a couple of times. The last time um was at the Northampton Durngate Theatre on the, oh, wow. the 2nd of November 2010. Oh wow. Yeah, <laughs> you're going back. Yeah. Going back a bit, but I remember it well. Yeah. And what a fantastic um concert that was, I remember. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was really cool and uh, everybody was singing along of course to all the big hits from the Stylistics mm. and and I tell you what I sticks in my mind and I still talk about it on my radio show today uh is and has been for years is um your moves and routines uh on the stage you couldn't really call them dance routines but uh, <laughs> they were so slick and also those those fantastic gold pajamas you were all wear, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I considered them at that time. I considered it <laughs> for sure. I, I don't yeah. wish to be rude, but um, <laughs> oh no, no. Listen, I, I'll tell you straight up. Yeah, look, we used to wear some strange things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were brilliant. And uh, they work because I'll never forget them. And you all look so slick and everything. The band sounded fantastic and everything. That's why I had to come and see you twice. I, I hardly go and see any concerts because I'm always working in studios yeah. and stuff. So, so that was really good. A so, absolutely. <laughs> so thank you for that. I thought I, thought I saw the Spinners in pajamas one uh, one year going back. But yeah. they, they, they looked so nice together. I think it was like some kind of velour material or something like that yeah. but it was real nice but i'm going back some years i said they look like they just got out out out, out the bed or something you know <laughs> <laughs> i need to know yeah. where to, i need to know where to get them because i want to goodness anyway um so your history is incredible because not only were you the lead singer of the stylistics for what was it 20 years uh -huh. um but before that you were with the moments yeah. Um, and the Manhattans mm -hmm. and the Delphonics as well, all bands which um, I yeah. love. Yeah, 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 fantastic. Yep. The the the, uh, the only strange thing with that is I didn't, I never anticipated the stylistics. I never anticipated that, you know. So you, did you get poached? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. I mean, the stuff that it, it's these are these are jobs that I never applied for. You know, I mean. Mm. Um, Ray and Brown were the moments. Uh, that was a little different because they, they were my um, mentor group, actually. Mm. And I was supposed to be their guitar player, but I wound up, you know, singing. So. Singing. Yeah. When, uh, I want to wind the clock right back now, if you don't mind. Not only a few years to when you were very young. 
and maybe at school um, and so on. When did you realise that you had such a beautiful voice and when did you start getting into music? Oh, wow. Uh, that's a very hard question. Uh, let me see. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I got a, um, a, a, a very wide experience with singing because only only because i came up while coming up i was around all different types of singing so that kind of like helped me hone like i didn't even open my mouth really until later like because i was just a guitarist i wanted to be a guitar player you know? right but mm. um I, the voice thing it came a little early it was like maybe nine or ten Wow. On onward, you know, because my my father sang, and he had us singing. You know, I we I was singing with grown men. I was singing harmony with grown men, and and I had to stay on key. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that helps. Yeah. That does help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, I can't comment because I can't sing for Toffee. But, oh, you, but, <laughs> I believe you can sing, Tony. You, you just you just shy to show it. That's all. No, no, I'm a talker. <laughs> I'm a speaker and a talker. <laughs> Okay, that's brilliant. Um, what was it like being in the stylistics then uh, for all those years? It's a long time, isn't it, to be on a band? And um, yeah. as we've covered earlier, that you did lots of uh, touring and gigs and what have you. What was that like? Was it really stressful? Uh, 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 I mean, we, we were up and down a lot. And, and yeah, I mean, I guess traveling on the body is a little um, strenuous at times. But, I mean, it, it was a great experience. I mean... Um, Originally, I was supposed to come in and share the leads with Russell. Originally, right, and, um, Russell uh, being the original uh, lead. Yeah, yep. I was going to was going to share leads while the other two guys do the choreography, like the whispers or something, you know. But yep. um, I wound up with a hundred percent of it when he didn't he didn't want to stay, you know. Right. So uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's another interview. What happened to mm. Russell? <laughs> right. Yeah. And what were your influences uh, musically? I, I know probably <clears throat> one of them is George Benson. Definitely. Uh, I mean, yeah, George Benson. I mean, you're going back, Wes Montgomery, uh, Django Reinhardt, of course. Uh, there was another gentleman that I can't think of his name that was uh, around Django Reinhardt back in the 50s and the 40s, 40s and 50s. I can't think of his name, but I'll get it. Um, he uh, he was also a great player as as well with technique. You know, a lot of the guys didn't know they had technique. They didn't. Mm. They just wanted to play. They did technique didn't mean nothing to them. It was just that's the way they played. That's where they you know. Yep. Same thing with singing. You know. Yeah. And do you play the Gibson guitar like George? Yes. 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 Really. Before before he <laughs> before he went over to uh, Ibanez in 1979. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's an amazing yeah. piece of information. Yeah, he signed he signed my guitar one year. I'm going back a few years. Yeah, I, I met with him in New York, and um, he signed my, uh, my 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 guitar, and he signed my father's guitar, which I thought he would be very, uh, 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 what you call uh, enthused about my father's guitar, since he's an old Gibson man. My father's guitar is from 1962, so he really took light to mine. I'm like, really, okay. Come to find out, he makes another guitar that looks like the one that I showed him, right? So, but for Ibanez, but he asked me after he signed it, he said, hey, how much you think this would be worth now? So I looked at him, I said, nothing. 
until you die. And the whole room just erupted. We just started laughing. <laughs> said nothing until you die, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh dear. Have you yeah. still have you still got it? Oh yeah, I still got it. I still got it. Oh yeah. That's definitely. Great. Okay. Uh, I think it's worth a fortune. But there you go. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things you don't want to sell. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, now, of course, you're, you're uh, uh, you know, you have been a lead singer. Now you're you're on your own um, solo career uh, since uh, 2018. Um, does that mean that you don't play the guitar anymore, or do you do you sing and play? Um, what's the setup? I um, I sing and play basically. Great. In the shows that I'm doing, I'm singing. I'm because I'm adding. I mean, I play on stylistic tunes, and and I play my own music that I, that I recorded. So I'm quite naturally I am playing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm currently playing in my shows today. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Now I noticed um, when I was um, looking you up that um, your music is not available on iTunes and Spotify, etc. But it is on your website. Um, yes, it is. Why did you make that decision? Um, <clears throat> I made that decision, uh, Tony, because, uh, I mean, and not because, cause I did it before Taylor Swift. So, um, <laughs> the thing is if merely, you know, I'm an independent artist. Okay. And, and trust and believe, you know, I, I got a high appreciation for apparatuses that could help me put my music out there to the masses. But okay. If that's the case, then why am I making 0.000016 cents yep. on a $20 purchase song purchase from iTunes, uh, yep. for instance? Why, why, why is that? You know, so I felt that I said, you know what? I said, I, I may not be famous as, uh, as, as George Burns or Petrula Clark, but they do know where they can find me at. I am Google accessible. So, I mean, they'll find the website. So I just decided to do that. I mean, sometimes I'll lay back and say, yeah, I, I should have left the music there. You know, sometimes <laughs> I say that because for the convenience. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but that's, but that's pretty much what I just wanted to make, uh, have control of it. more Well, so, well so, I think uh, that's a, a brave move. And I think um, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, yeah. you know, interview hundreds of musicians and have done over the years and, um, now, the situation um, with getting point whatever it is of a dollar or a penny to you know for, yeah. for your work is yeah. not is not fair, is it? It's not really fair. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm gonna sell twenty dollars uh, worth of songs, uh, I'd rather get that entire twenty than a uh, dollar eighty from it or something. You know, mm. it, it just don't seem right. I, I just you know just because they're doing the service for you, okay, fine. You no, know, but. It just seemed ridiculous, you know. Yeah, you know? I agree, and yeah. and of course, um, because of the download situation, uh, should I call it the dire download situation? Mm, mm. Uh, then most artists um, uh, tell me that uh, you know because you have to you know make a living in some way or another, and you know feed the cat. Yes, you do. <laughs> I've got, we've got seven rescue cats, and they, they cost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I know they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, but uh, you know that the, the only way really um, is to do tours and and gigs and yeah. concerts and, and stuff. It's always been that way, Tony. Um, no matter who you are, in in past and present, um, it, it's it's a, it's a well known fact that you, in order for the artist to maximize. Uh, 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 heavily is to tour. Now they got this thing out called the 
I don't know if you've been privy to the 360 deal where, you know, the record companies got smart, you know, since the Napster and the download crisis, the record companies stopped making the money, I guess, even with underground sales that they put, they put out, you know, so uh, basically 360 meaning that they not only make money off the sale, they make money off your shows and your marketing. And I got a problem with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're making enough money. Um, oh, sure. But, sure they are. But, sure um, are. you know, but you're not, you know. Um, I was talking to um, somebody the other day on, on the music stories, and we were saying that um, maybe the trend is going to be for smaller audiences for, for live work, you know, rather than trying to fill stadiums and, uh, you know, huge venues you know maybe lots of little ones is better uh it's, it's always an honor and a pleasure to do stadiums which i've done when i first left the group i've done wembley on my own I've wow. done, but it's for, as an artist uh preferably i'd rather do a very intimate crowd because see i'm more sort of you know you know although with the stylistic stuff that's just something that i just helped continue but i'm more sort of jazzy and bluesy with my approach and and I like to get to the heart quicker than you know what I mean. So uh yeah, definitely the intimacy of me playing and singing is nothing like it. Nothing can nothing can compare to it really, you know. Okay. Now you're about to um start a UK tour and um I read next year you're doing you you got some gigs in Spain. Yeah, next year, yeah. Next year, twenty twenty four. And um so I'll see if I can Get along to one of those because I'm in France, so it's not too difficult for me to get to Spain. Oh, you're in you're in France now. Mm. Oh, I was in France last year, uh, this year. Oh, I missed you. February. I was uh, I was just having <laughs> me and my lady was having a, a, a getaway. That's all. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you'll have to let me know next time you come over. Well, definitely, definitely. Um, so that's that's the tour. What advice to, could you give to somebody listening to this episode of Music Stories? We get a lot of musicians listening um, uh, for uh, different artists' advice about being in the music industry. What's the, 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 the best piece of advice you could give to somebody listening to this about being uh, a performer? Well, uh, my, my, my biggest advice is to educate yourself. Um, coming up in this, the music business, the entertainment business as a whole, it can, it can break your heart, you know, but, <clears throat> you know, understand what you sign before you sign it. Don't, don't be so quick to sign things with people because you got these managers and, you know, they, everybody see the older I've gotten, I've learned to, everybody has to outline their purpose in your situation if they want to be a part of it you know um and you need help you know every everyone uh, artist you know it, it took a million people to get me thus far but the, the thing is you know you, you have to educate yourself uh be yourself and always be about the music don't be so quick to one um you know herbie hancock made a statement recently that you know, it's, it's all is 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 gotten away from being about the music per se. Is is always is always behind, what's behind it and who's behind it. Which quite quite naturally, that's that's a, a normal thing. But it be about the music, and, and 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 record things that you can always live with for the rest of your life. 
But my biggest advice, educate yourself. Fantastic advice. And I can see where we're coming from as well. That's really good. Even Brown, thank you so much for talking to me on Music Stories. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, good luck with uh, your tour, um, wherever you go. I know you're a busy man. All your music and all the information is available on your website, which is evenbrownmusic.com. We'll put that in the text that goes with this episode of Music Stories. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much. Tony Lloyd, creating audio and film worldwide.